Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Welcome, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and it's so amazing to be here today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So I am extremely honored to have our guest um, the guest that we have coming onto the show today. And before I introduce her, I would like to do what we always do, which is simply to stop, pause, and breathe. So wherever you are, just take a moment to close your eyes if it's safe. And if you can, place one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly, just feeling into your body and where you've landed in this really beautiful container that holds all of you. And then just take some nice, slow, deep breaths so that you can feel the belly rise underneath your palm and the chest rising under the other palm. And then with the exhale, you just feel the sense of being hugged and held by your own breath. And just noticing that where you might feel overwhelmed, where you might feel exhausted, and just breathing into those places where you might feel the mind carries you away, makes you doubt, makes you be fearful. And just breathe into that. All of your parts. And you can stay here and continue to breathe as long as you want. But when you're ready, just simply opening your eyes and making your way back and just knowing that this breath is a tool for you to come back to and just honor all the parts when you're feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, when you feel the mind is controlling you, you can simply breathe and bring yourself back and honor all the parts. And this is one of the topics that we're going to be talking about today is how can we be an empowered woman when life seems so busy and, and creates this overwhelm of exhaustion and the, the, the rat race of the mind. And the, today we have the great pleasure of having Sarah Hutchison uh, discuss what it truly means to thrive as an empowered woman and how to create resilience in the body and the mind. And I have to say that I met Sarah... I don't think she knows this, but I met her several years ago. And I don't know if she remembers meeting me, but I went into this nine-day yoga nidra training out in Colorado. And I was fairly new to this community. And like all these people are senior teachers and they've been studying this lineage for a long time. And I'm just sitting there like the new chick in the hen house. Um, and I was just so blown away by Sarah's you know, wisdom right up front. I mean, she has no problems asking really deep questions and really insisting that she get the answers, which I love. Like, there's no apology. Like, she wants, she's so inquisitive and she doesn't make apologies for her inquisitiveness or curiosity. And she has no problem also sharing her wisdom, even in a group of people that have been studying just as long as she has, if not even longer. And because she is just so present with who she is and she owns that. So I'm so thrilled to have her here today. 
So let's welcome Sarah to the show. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for that warm invitation. And I absolutely do remember you during that yoga nidra training. And here you were, the courageous one, traveling all the way from the East Coast to Colorado to our elevation, coming into an established group, mm-hmm. both socially and spiritually, with your own inquisitive nature. And so I looked across that room and saw a brave, unapologetic woman. And I think we recognized each other in that moment. So it's nice to be back together. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. So, Sarah, you, I know you wanted to, right from the start, you wanted to share something really beautiful with us, a poem by Mary Oliver. So would you like go, go ahead and share let's this? Start, let's start there. Let's start there. And as I explained to Lindsay before we came on the air, when we're having a conversation like this, and for those of you who are listening, there's a reason that you're drawn to what Lindsay is offering and sponsoring. You don't need to know that reason. There are things happening beneath the surface of your everyday understanding that brought you here. I love opening with a poem because it calls to that part of us that's under the surface of everyday understanding. And it begins to catalyze the unconscious mind, which I think we all know that's really where we source from. So let's invite our friend Mary Oliver, recently deceased poet, known as a woman who didn't really care for other humans that deeply, but had a deep relationship with nature. And I've heard it said of Mary Oliver, who lived on Cape Cod, for someone who knew so little about humans, her poems about nature reveal so much about us. Mm. So true. I just got chills when you said that. Yeah. How beautiful is that? And that's our topic today. So let's just drop in and please make yourself comfortable. And if you're in a place, you can gaze at the window or perhaps let the eyes come to closed, just softly gazing. Here is wild geese. And Mary Oliver writes, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. 
calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. Mm. That is so beautiful. I so appreciate you sharing that. It's such a powerful, powerful poem on so many different levels. And, you know, one of the first things I think about is like, you know, we, you know, the topic for today is, you know, thriving. Where do we even begin? And what does that even mean? And oftentimes we think that we have to walk on our hands and knees and arrive bloodied and worn out to receive all the abundance that we so desperately want in our lives. And it's just not, it's just not true. And so, you know, thriving for me is just being able to move towards my goals in spite of the challenges of my life and have some joy and fun while I'm doing that. Because then otherwise, what is the point? Because mm-hmm. there's, there's no destination that I'm guaranteed to have. But in this moment, I have the choice to have that joy right now if I want it. So I'd love to hear, like, what, what does it mean to thrive for you? I, I want to pick up on what you're bringing in, Lindsay. This, it's just a very feminine definition of what it is to live, what I call rhythmically, following these natural rhythms of the circadian clock that we know a lot about, following the rhythm of the developmental pathways of our lives. We are very different at age 16 than we are at age 26, that we are at age 36, 46, and so on. What I hear you speaking into is how do I find my way gently as I pursue my purpose? Mm. And in order to do that, we need to be quite countercultural in this moment. I want to bring this in early, and I hear this in the themes of your show and the women that I've listened to you interview. What we're surfacing, I think, collectively is this idea that culture, mainstream culture, has gone off the rails. And it's glorified burnout. It's glorified pushing against, it's glorified dominating our bodies, etc. And many of us are done with that. We recognize that as a path that is not generative or nourishing or joyful. So for me to thrive is to be in that place of nourishment and joy, even when things are challenging. We can feel that deeper pulse of being aligned with nature. You know, for me right now, it is that pulling away from the pushing and the striving and the glorifying of the burnout and the overdoing. And it's not easy. It's so ingrained in me. And this is totally the embracing a more feminine approach is very new to me. I mean, very new, but it, I'm very, but I can feel like that part of me that is it just wants to come forward and have presence now because I'm exhausted from being exhausted. (laughs) And I'm I'm noticing that. And I'm trying to figure out for myself, especially with my business is like, how do I 
create this beautiful thing that wants to come through me without burning the candle at both ends, without over pushing. Like even this week, I've been at my desk from 7 a.m. to almost 8 p.m. because there's just things that have to get done. And as an entrepreneur, I'm like, this is not what I want and it doesn't feel good in my body. So I'm learning how to bring the more feminine approach in and how can we have a feminine approach and still be successful for whatever that means to us and still thrive and have joy in that space of creativity and love and without just coming across the finish line bloodied. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you're asking a very important question, which is very resonant for me and my guess is for many in your audience. We're coming out of 5,000 years of masculine principles dominating culture. And this is another longer conversation where we could look at a timeline and look at history. But suffice it to say that for the last 5,000 years, patriarchy has been the dominant scaffolding for the way we have constructed culture. There are many advantages to that. The masculine model has brought me my iPhone and that airplane that I get on to come see you when I fly from Colorado to Virginia. I'm in medicine and I see how that the masculine linear penetrating approach to solving medical problems has brought us antibiotics, vaccines, cesarean sections, I'm the mother of three, and I'm a mother who would have died in childbirth with her first child had it not been for an emergency cesarean section. I would be in one of those graves that we see in older graveyards where the mother and the infant are buried together. So this model of the linear penetrating dominance model has brought us many, many gifts. But now, as all things do, it's turned a corner, and we find that our planet is suffering from being dominated by us, and the feminine has suffered by being over-dominated by the masculine. So nature comes out of balance. We see it now everywhere. You and I talked earlier about how last summer in Colorado and in Virginia, it didn't rain. Everything was parched. Mm-hmm. Now, so we look for these resumptions of cycles and of balancing. And when we come away from the non-linear during our daily work, and we get up from our desks and we move and we breathe and we dance for five minutes before we sit back down to do that wearisome work that we often must do with technology we can have the pulsation between the softer way of being and the more penetrating way of being. We all struggle with this. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's like just remembering to pull away. I have a little, I bought this little mini trampoline that I have. And I know, and I was so resistant. A rebounder. Yes, it's a rebounder because I thought these things are so goofy. This is not really like exercise, but I didn't buy it for that. I bought it because I get on it and jump up and down to connect to joy again. And I laugh. I put some music on and I kind of get silly and goofy in that moment. And in that moment, I feel like I get 
reconnected to my creativity because my work requires a lot of creative output and I just need that break. But it's just like how to pull myself away in that moment because that that penetrating linear approach can have so much momentum. It can be really challenging to think, oh no, I need to, I need to stop this train. Yeah, beautiful. And you start your show with breath. You're oh, teaching us, you're teaching us a new way, a new habit of coming into a space and opening a conversation by grounding through the breath. What a beautiful moment of leadership that is, sourcing from you, Lindsay, that you invite us to use our physiology to prepare the ground for a conversation. And I just feel like whenever we do that, it's like we're doing it, if we're doing it together, then we're suddenly in the same energetic field and we're much more present for each other. And there again, there's another, there's another feminine principle, that one of coming together, that principle of collaboration, the idea of sitting in a circle where we look across at one another. This is again, another very feminine principle of how we might organize ourselves in order to shift culture to balance the linear, the penetration into the more collaborative, circular way of being. And so is this how we've gotten so out of whack in our bodies? I mean, because like we consider the new normal to be where we are, you know, patting ourselves on the back for working ridiculous hours, or we almost feel ourselves get puffed up and proud of how hard we work and how tired we are. And we make jokes about it all the time, but it's almost like we're wearing it as a badge of honor. And it's just like, wait a second, I have to, like, how did we get to this point where we're just thinking that it's normal to be exhausted, to be worn out? Um, So we can start on this. We will have to go to a break shortly, but Let's just go ahead and dive in and then we'll give it a few seconds. Yeah, when we come back, let's dive deeply into that. And I just pulled a quote from the CDC. Being sleep deprived isn't a badge of honor. It's a threat to Mm. your health. It's not a badge of honor. It's a threat to your health. a threat to your health. So let's talk about sleep when we come back from break, shall we? That sounds great. So if you're listening, please don't go anywhere because we're having an amazing conversation with Sarah Hutchison, who's a certified yoga and Ayurvedic educator, a women's leadership mentor and an Enneagram coach. And she's sharing with us how we can bring resilience back into our bodies and minds and stop you know, wearing a badge of honor of exhaustion and burnout. And while you're on, while we're on break, go ahead and go over to the Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group because then you get to see Sarah and me and then we'll be hanging out after the show for a little after party where Sarah is going to be sharing more um, with us during that time. So we'll be right back with Women Thriving Unapologetically. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? 
Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am here with Sarah Hutchinson, and we're having an amazing conversation. And I want to dive right back in. We left um, for break on this idea that being sleep deprived, it's not an idea, it's actually from the CDC, that being sleep deprived is not a badge of honor, it is actually um, a threat to our health. So Sarah, let's talk, let's just dive into the importance of sleep and why we're not getting it. Absolutely. And I just want to remind our listeners and people watching us on Facebook, uh, my background is 43 years as a registered nurse. I have done my time as a Western medical professional with great gratitude. During those 43 years, I worked everything from hospice to newborn ICU, emergency room. I was a school social worker. I had an opportunity to take a look at humans in many, many conditions. And I always had questions about why some people got sick and where disease came from. What's happening now is an unprecedented epidemic of the deterioration of the mind and the body. And you all who are listening know this because you yourselves have been ill. Or you have somebody you know who's close to you who has an autoimmune disease or cancer, which is is an autoimmune disease. You know people who are suffering, and perhaps that is indeed you. One of the primary reasons that we are ill is because our sleep is so, we are so deficient in sleep. Our sleep is so unhealthy. I follow the sleep data and research quite closely. And right now we're running about 35% of Americans get less than seven hours of sleep per night. And I would contend that number is higher, but that's the official number. Seven hours is considered a minimum for healthy sleep for the body and the brain to regenerate and be ready for the next day. When we do not sleep well, our bodies become confused and our minds are easily overwhelmed. The other salient fact here is poor sleep leads to a weakened immune system. Mm-hmm. And our experience of pandemic has brought forward the critical importance of a healthy immune system. Absolutely. 
So the sleep statistics are very grim. Uh, one in 20 of us will fall asleep at the wheel in the next month. Oh, wow. In the next month. One in 20. And I want to bring forward, you know, during our yoga nidra training together, we had to read as a required reading the Matthew Walker's um, book, Why We Sleep. And I loved in that book how he highlighted that sleep deprivation is more dangerous than driving drunk behind the wheel. Absolutely. And the reason we're getting a lot of funding for sleep research is because of the impact that sleep-deprived employees have in their employment settings, whether they're working in a factory or perhaps it's your attorney who's managing your situation. If they're sleep-deprived, their work is not going to be up to par. So it has an enormous economic impact. As a badge of honor, we think about these these doctors who have these, and you know, nurses who have these incredibly long hours under intense conditions and they're sleep deprived, but we put them up on a pedestal. But if you think about it, like, wait a second, they're sleep deprived and that's actually really harmful to them and also to their patients and all these other, um, just all the roles that we have in life when we're shaving off sleep in order to get more done. And I've been there and done that working 12 hour shifts and swing shifts as a registered nurse. The other link I want to bring in, Lindsay, because this is a continuum, is sleep deprivation leads to increasing levels of inflammation in the body. And inflammation, this is new, this is a newer topic in how we understand the absence of health in our culture today. Uh, very again, 80% of all major human diseases are mediated by inflammation. Wow, 80%. 80%. Chronic, inflama- chronic inflammatory diseases have been recognized as the most significant cause of death in the world today, with more than 50% of all deaths being attributed to inflammation-related disease such as heart disease, stroke, cancer, kidney disease, arthritis, and bowel diseases like Crohn's and ulcerative ulcerative colitis. So sleep is incredibly important to reduce inflammation, which leads to all of these major diseases that we've seen on the rise for the past 20 years. It's just been, I mean, how many of us, like we're, of an older generation. And I don't remember any of these diseases being really prevalent. And when I was younger and they seem like I can't, everyone can name someone absolutely has had cancer or an inflammatory disease or autoimmune disease of some sort. Yeah. And inflammation is the culprit. Sleep is part of the reason we become inflamed. And we are also inflamed because we are what I call, one of my teachers calls, denatured. We have become increasingly denatured. This is a result of modern life. Say more about that. I'm happy to say more about this. So think about vinegar. Think about a bottle of apple cider vinegar, perhaps from your natural food store. You look at it, it has color, it may have some sediment in it. This is a natural form of a fermented product called vinegar. Now, Go get a bottle from the grocery store of white vinegar that's been denatured. 
And what are you going to see? A clear white substance. When we denature things, we take the vitality out of them. Mm. And how is the vitality being drawn out of you, Lindsay? You mentioned it. You're sitting at your desk yeah. because you need to in order to create the container for the structure of your work. Mm-hmm. We're denatured when we don't sleep correctly. We're denatured when we eat foods from the middle of the grocery store where the vitality has been removed for the, from those foods in order for them to be packaged and preserved and convenient for us. We're denatured when we don't spend time in nature, walking in the forest, walking on the beach, taking our shoes off to walk through that grass that's laden with dew in the morning and watch the sun rise. One of my favorite things to do. (laughs) And this is a practice in Ayurveda, which is one of the strands that I bring into my work, waking up and walking into the rising sun, barefoot in the dew. So what do it we do? Like, so many of us that don't have, you know, feel like we don't have the time to do that, or we're just not in an area where we can do that. I mean, I actually have to get in my car to go to a place where I can walk. Yeah. In, in the the dewy grass and watch the sunrise. I don't. I can't yeah. see the sunrise from my home, and there's mulch out back that I don't want to walk on. Right. No, beautiful. All the animals go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And we all do live under different conditions. Well, get in the car, put it, calendar it. You calendar your meetings. You calendar your time to get your work done. When we begin to choose and intend to become healthy and well in all ways, we begin to calendar things like, getting in the car, driving five minutes to the park, walking in the dew and watching the sun come up. Make a date. Make a date for yourself. Make a date for yourself. You know, make a play date to be in nature. We see forest bathing now in other countries, and we're starting to see it now in the United States where you can be trained as a person to take people into the forest for purposes of being in nature. In Canada now, you can be prescribed uh, time in nature as part of your therapy, and you can receive a free parks, national parks pass if your doctor writes a prescription for that. So in our modern lives, we often need to calendar this time in nature that is indeed so healing and helps us reset. Could you imagine, you know, in American culture, you know, getting a prescription from your doctor that says, okay, and you present this to your boss and say, hey, here's my prescription from a doctor that I need to take time off and go walk in nature. Yeah. I mean, it's easy and it's my muggling. And it's something that it's so, it's a little, it's inspiring, but it's also scary at the same time that that's the place that we are now, that we can't even, you know, do that for ourselves. Yeah. We're not even, or we're not even recognizing how denatured we are and how that, that is a key piece to bringing us back. Right. We become for quickly become forgetful. And again, I want to bring in this idea that the way we're speaking into this today, Lindsay, is very countercultural. Culture, consumer culture calls us to do just that, it calls us to consume. It causes us, it invites us to see ourselves as broken and deficient. So we will then purchase a service, purchase a product, 
see ourselves as pathologically disturbed and in need of being fixed, that sets up an opportunity then in end-stage capitalism. And again, I'm a fan of capitalism, but not end-stage, which is where we are now. It sets us up to be chronic consumers and to be chronically disappointed when I get the new car and for the first six months, I'm thrilled because people are impressed. It smells new. I'm so psyched to have this car. But then after six months, I want something else big and new mm -hmm. in order to bring my dopamine back up because I've become accustomed to hitting the purchase button, writing the check, offering the card gives me a rush of dopamine and I feel good. And this is what a shopping addiction is mm -hmm. now. I'm not saying go live in a cave and don't buy anything. I love buying stuff, but I do it consciously to the best of my ability. I recognize that I'd rather get my dopamine hit by calling you, <laughs> right? And having a laugh and, and, having and, connection. Being, yeah. and connecting and being vulnerable together and being creative together or going for that forest walk together, um, even just walking to the park. Um, that's more satisfying. I'll tell you a story. <clears throat> the uh, presidential election that brought Donald Trump into the presidency, that morning uh, after the, I went to bed with a sense that Donald Trump was going to be the next president. My alarm went off at four o'clock the next morning. My phone was in my bedroom, which is not my habit. Typically, my phone is outside my bedroom. But I was waking up to take my youngest son, drive him an hour to get him on a bus to get back to college. I woke up, I grabbed my phone, and I saw the news that Donald Trump was indeed the next president of the United States. And I remember throwing my phone to the side, lying back on my bed, looking out the window above my bed, and the stars were in the sky because it was four in the morning. And I said out loud, at least the stars are still in the sky. I was looking for something yeah, stable. I got up, I drove my son to the bus into the rising sun. We did our best to digest the news. I came home and it was one of those days that by eight in the morning, you feel like it's, you know, noon. The next thing I know, Lindsay, I catch myself walking across my living room. I have my computer open and I have four things in my cart at Amazon. I'm baking cookies in the oven. And I'm walking across the living room to vacuum my already clean rug. I was in total coping mode. I was cleaning my house. I was making sugar to eat and I was shopping. Mm. My inner physiology was so impacted by this news about who would be our next president. I was desperately trying to cope. I was trying to reorganize my physiology and I was using consumer coping me mechanisms. If I shop, I get the dopamine. Yeah. If I eat the sugar, I get pass pacified. If I clean my house, I feel like I'm in control. And wow. I literally just froze walking across my living room and I started to laugh. I put away the vacuum. I took the cookies to my neighbor. <laughs> I clicked off of Amazon. I called. I would have kept the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I might have eaten one. I might have eaten one. I called a friend and we went for a walk. Oh, even better. Yeah. I recognized I needed to reorder my physiology because of the impact of this, what 
many of us would say was trauma, this unexpected event mm -hmm. that I was having difficulty receiving and integrating. And I caught myself doing it in unhealthy ways. And I was able to guide myself into some healthier coping mechanisms. And so, Does this sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, it's just about, yeah, oh, I have my own story there too. And it's just about being really aware. And it's just that beautiful moment of awareness that brought you back. I'm like, okay, I know myself well enough that I, and I understand my physiology well enough that this, I can see what I'm doing. And now I have the choice. I can continue to purchase more, eat all the cookies, stay yeah. in control. Yeah. Or I can release that and go do something that's actually better for me. And so it's just that power of choice and power of awareness. Um, and the power and, of, as you said, the power of the pause. Power of the pause. Mm -hmm. The power of making space. And this is why I love you opening your show with the breath. Because when we breathe with awareness, we create spaciousness. And that's when we can listen and remember and be guided into more sustainable ways of responding to what it is that's before us. Yeah, instead of the, the reaction or just being asleep to what you're doing, which I think a lot of us are, and we're yeah. all guilty of that, but we just want to have more moments of awareness and wakefulness so that we are making the better choices towards you know, living the way that we really want to live, which for my, I believe everybody wants to have more happiness and joy and ease and less stress. Um, but, you know, we have to go to our next break, our last break of the show. But when we come back, I would love if you could share with us some of the strategies that we could use right away. I mean, you have so many amazing tools to share. And I know there's, we don't have time to go into all of them in depth, but could you share with us something that we could take away and all the listeners could do right away. Would that sound good to you? Yes, I would love to okay. share that. Here we go awesome. to break. Okay. So if you're listening, definitely join us in the Facebook group. We're going to be hanging out with Sarah after the show ends. And this is where you can interact with us. You can ask Sarah some more questions and we'll be able to answer those live and have um, an extended conversation. And then we'll be right back with Sarah Hutchison on Women Thriving Unapologetically. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We're having an incredible conversation with Sarah Hutchison, and we're just going to dive right in because we this is our last segment, and we want to use up every last bit of this time to get some beautiful wisdom from Sarah. Um, Sarah is really amazing because she is on her, she's cultivating her growth edge as an elder, and she's just wanting to share all the wisdom that she has with us. And I think we're going to dive in and get you to share a strategy with us on how we can find more resilience in our body. Yeah, let's do that. Body and mind. So a quick moment introducing a yogic concept that some of our listeners will be familiar with, and that is the uh, concept of the koshas, the K-O-S-H-A-S, koshas. And this is an understanding that we are a many-layered beings. We are like an onion. The first layer of us is our body, the anamaya kosha. And caring for the body make, means that we are creating a container in which to hold the process of transformation, which many of us are desiring as we live on the growth path. So how do we take care of our bodies? Here are a couple practical things that loop back to this idea of sleep and inflammation. Two years ago, there were two Nobel Prizes awarded to researchers in circadian medicine. Circadian medicine. These are researchers that are looking at the role of circadian rhythm, the 24-hour cycle, in how our health is maintained. It turns out that sleep issues are directly related to an interruption in circadian rhythm. Inflammatory issues are also directly related to living out of rhythm. Because when we live out of rhythm, our bodies feel stress. When we are stressed, we release hormones into our system, cortisol, adrenaline. You may be familiar with these hormones that create a tremendous amount of wear and tear on our systems, resulting in chronic inflammation, resulting in 50% of the diseases that are taking people's lives prematurely. So let's get rhythmic. You know, let's back in the rhythmic. day, I love that. let's get I rhythmic. Some music on. <laughs> well, back in the day, this when when I was, uh, I'm sixty, almost sixty eight years old. I'll be sixty eight years old in two weeks. And back in the early birth control days, the rhythm method was one of the things. If you knew your <laughs> rhythm, you could not be sexually active when you were fertile, and maybe you wouldn't get pregnant. The rhythm method, okay? How'd that work for you, Sarah? <laughs> well, that's an, we could do another show about that, Lindsay. Want to? Yeah, sure. Lots, lots of people would listen to that. <laughs> so the rhythm method for the elders is about circadian rhythm, and it's okay. about this understanding of this 24-hour cycle. And how do we come into synchronicity with this cycle? So our bodies are literally pulsing at a cellular level with the cosmos. Now, that's a big idea, but, and we don't have time to go into it now, but this is what I teach. How do we come into rhythm 
with the 24-hour cycle, the seasonal cycle, the cycle of our lives, and indeed the pulsation of the moon and the stars and all the rest of it. That's when we're healthy and well in all ways. So how are we going to do that? How about trying to eat dinner earlier and have it be lighter so you're not going to bed with a full belly and that digestion needs to happen while you're asleep. We all know how it feels to have a food hangover. Yeah. So one of the habits that I teach, and these are habits that are sourcing from my colleague Kate Stillman's work, are the immediate advantages of lighter, earlier dinners. Okay. Okay. We then flow into this idea of why we should listen to our bodies and our body clock and go to bed before 10 p.m. Remember, sleep, being sleep deprived isn't a badge of honor. It's a threat to your health. If we're in bed by 10, our physiology can then behave normally through the night and we wake up feeling great. Then when we wake up, what if we were to start with a vibrant, energized, intentional morning routine that pushes us into the day or welcomes us into the day on our game. So developing more like welcome you into the day. Yeah. Welcomed into the day with Dina Charya from Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. And many of us work out. We know we're smart enough to know that we want to move our bodies because that makes us feel good. What if we can move our bodies in coordination with our breath and amplify our sense of vitality. It's a simple thing to learn, breath, body, movement. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, when we think of that, we automatically think of yoga, but it doesn't have to be necessarily yoga. You Just mm-hmm. moving your body with your breath can be dancing or just Absolutely. letting your body, whatever way your body wants to move in that moment. Absolutely. Or doing some breath work and then some physical and coming back to breath. There are a variety of ways to do it. In the Koshik model, the first layer is the body, the next layer is the breath. Mm-hmm. So when the body and the breath move together and come into synchronicity, we get to the third layer of the Koshas, which is the mind, the M-I-N-D. So when body and breath learn coordination, we can have access via our nervous system to managing our mind. And, and then we don't have... This show is probably like, okay, wait a sec, say that again, because how do I manage my mind? Yeah, how do we manage our mind? Because one thing I hadn't mentioned yet is that the primary source of inflammation in our bodies is an overwhelmed mind. And we all have an overwhelmed mind. So to manage the mind, we become masterful with our nervous systems. In order to access our nervous systems, we learn how to breathe and move in ways that are coordinated that allow us to feel, okay, now I'm on the dashboard of my mind. I can dial in. I need a more focused mind. I need a quieter mind. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone can do this and you don't need a prescription. Everyone can do this. You don't need a prescription. And again, we call back to this, um, these yogic sciences weaving together with contemporary science and and contemporary knowings, psychology. And we have this beautiful, accessible way to thrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have not going to eating earlier. So not going to bed with a full stomach, going to bed before 10 a.m. 
yep. um, getting up early or in the first thing in the morning, welcoming yourself into the day with some movement and breath. Yes. Yes. And then how about a plant-based diet? Doesn't have to be entirely plant-based. My physiology actually, when my functional medicine doctor looks at my labs, he can tell when I haven't been eating meat for a number of months. And he says, your physiology, your genetics, you need some animal flesh. Please do that thing, which I do. But a primarily plant-based diet. Yeah, and I think people, I mean, I'm going to have Stacey Sims on, who's an incredible health and wellness coach and um, she pushes for a plant-based diet. And it's also this idea that plant-based doesn't mean only plants. You can still have, get protein sources from animals, but you want predominantly plant-based. Plant-based. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Easier on the yeah. digestion, nutrients. That's where all you get your, all your nutrients. Yeah. And if you can eat locally sourced foods, which is getting easier and easier with farmer's markets, et cetera, you're in sync with your nervous system, excuse me, with your ecosystem. Yeah, And again, here we find this idea of pulsing at a cosmic level. I love, I hadn't thought about that before that I'm in sync with my ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. I eat, um, I have a yard where there aren't animals and it's safe for me to eat. I eat dandelions. I eat the clover. I eat another plant here called shepherd's purse. They go, all those things go into my salad Mm. and it's so satisfying. Yeah. So are there any other strategies that you have? Yeah, I will go through these other habits. And again, we're coming to the end of the show. But just to give listeners a peek at the technology of these habits that we can adopt that can bring us into the deepest health and vitality and aging beautifully. Uh, We also are big on techniques for invigorating self-massage. How might we become comfortable touching our own bodies, cleansing our lymphatic system with self-massage? Again, it's nothing fancy. How can we get involved in self-massage in the shower, sitting out on a towel, perhaps with some oil if you really want to get into it? It's a very important connection to make with the body. So these are all taking place at the level of those first two layers. Now we get to the seventh habit, which is contemplative silence. Mm. Learning ways to take breaks and be in contemplative silence. Yeah, allowing us to become aware of how our nervous systems, what the quality of our nervous system is. What kind of pathways do we have into the mind? How can we help refine the quality of our nervous system? and learn to more effectively manage our mind. And these are all so easy, like you said, accessible. And so I know we're we're running out of time always on this show because our guests are so amazing and you have so much information to share, but how can people reach you, Sarah? Because I mean, you teach this and if people really want to learn these and integrate them into their life, how can they reach out to you and get some support from you? Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for asking that. I'm easy to find at yogabeyondtheposes.com. Yoga Beyond the Poses. Yoga Beyond the Poses. And it's not that we don't do yoga. Love yoga. Love it. Love it. Love it. My work, my purpose is to uncover the deeper yoga sciences in combination with 
contemporary medical understandings, contemporary psychology. I weave those things together with my background as a Western medical professional. Yeah. Yeah. 43 years of being in the medical field combined with your countless years of yoga and Ayurveda is just such an incredible gift to be able to weave those two together so that there's a greater understanding and a greater integration. So, Sarah, I have to say, I am so honored to have you on the show. Makes me want to cry. (laughs) Thank you. We really, truly are. Yeah. Lucky us. (laughs) We are lucky. Um, Such a wisdom keeper. And I really look forward to learning more from you. And for those of you that are listening, we're going to hang out with Sarah for a little bit longer and our Women's Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group. So to hear more wisdom from Sarah. But just know that we are always here on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, every single week with amazing guests. So do tune in, bookmark the show, and we really appreciate having comments and feedback so that we can really cater the show to suit your needs and what you want to learn and be supported with. So it's our honor to be able to do that, and it's part of our path and our calling to do so. So we're sending you so much love today and may you get into rhythm with your ecosystem and feel the sacredness of what lies within this beautiful body of yours. So until next time, my friends, so much love and many blessings. Deep gratitude to you, Lindsay. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.